0: Hey Z, hey Maddie, did you guys watch anything gay recently? Hi Autumn.
1: Uh, hi Autumn, no, we didn't watch anything gay recently, but we did watch a movie about two women having phone sex, uh, no homo though. Mm.
2: (laughs) Okay, but that still sounds pretty gay. Everybody, welcome to the season three finale of Okay, but is it gay? This season, if you're somehow jumping into the last episode of the season, hi, welcome. We're doing Okay, but that was gay, where we're doing queer readings of movies that aren't gay on purpose. This is the movie that inspired the theme of this season, is what I will say.
1: And and yeah. boy howdy <laughs> Boy howdy is this film Not gay on purpose
2: mm. We're talking about 2012's For a good time call uh, With our good friends You may recognize them from earlier in the season uh, Say hi Izzy and Maddie
1: Hi Z and Maddie
2: Hey Z, <laughs> hey Maddie uh, Do y'all want to introduce Yourselves again? I don't know
1: yeah i mean uh you know I- i'm i'm z uh you may know me from uh the seinfeld episode the Cable gallup episodes uh the fourth man out episodes the chicken little episode <laughs> uh yeah I- i've i've been on the podcast a bit i'm you know a menace and
0: we greatly enjoy see- that about you
1: I subject Mm -hmm. Autumn to things. Mm
0: -hmm. It's true. I have been subjected to things. This time you were subjected to something.
1: I was subjected to... This is the first time I've watched something for this podcast that I didn't enjoy.
2: Wow. Maddie, do you want to talk about
3: yourself?
1: Um, Maddie, who are you? (laughs)
3: uh, Who is this person? Autumn... I'm the person, since we're talking about subjecting Autumn to things, who wants to know why we haven't talked about Jupiter Ascending on this podcast yet. (laughs) No!
2: What? Absolutely not. Explain to me what is gay about Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) I like Jupiter Ascending. I'm a proud Jupiter Ascending apologist. What is gay about it?
3: We have to watch it to figure
2: it out.
0: Maddie just wants to hear me make
2: pained noises. We watch Jupiter Ascending every year on Maddie's birthday. And that is enough. (laughs)
1: I will say Jupiter Ascending is one, a movie that thanks Swarovski crystals in the special thanks. Uh, and two, a movie about fulfilling, uh, societal obligations surrounding, uh, love and marriage, despite mm. not really wanting to, uh-huh. Z, uh, so my could...
3: only friend,
1: <laughs> I think there's a real queer reading. We but have also... already
0: talked too much about this movie. <laughs>
1: Also Already. there's the little elephant man who goes oh, God. when that's they go so full true. speed ahead <laughs> and I love him so that makes it gay uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. No. Yeah, I think so No So that's no. my little introduction If you need to know anything about me it's that I have been here before and I will be here again to talk about Jupiter Ascending No. cinematic
1: masterpiece
0: <laughs> Everyone hates me That's what's happening here
1: Despite what what we have discussed so far, not here to talk about Jupiter ascending. No, no. We're
3: <laughs> we do
1: trigger warnings
3: now.
0: I feel like maybe trigger
2: warnings for <laughs> a good time call include sexual themes. This is a movie about sex and sex work. If you're watching the movie, you're gonna see a lot of realistic dildos. Uh, we're probably gonna <laughs> talk about sex toys. There's frank discussion of sex and masturbation. Uh, There's drugs and alcohol, forced outing, homophobia, racist microaggressions, jokes about sexual assault, jokes about date rape. No one gets actually assaulted in the movie, but there is discussion of it and like a couple jokes about it. Uh, Erotic horror, kind of, at one point. We're going to have to discuss a little bit. Um, Graphic discussions of like genital warts and STDs. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: I believe that that is it.
1: Uh, There is also a scene where a man masturbates in front of a presumably unconsenting woman.
3: Oh, God, yeah. yeah, Who is played by the screenwriter. Yes.
1: Oh. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah, I I, I couldn't actually confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that woman is Katie Ann Naylor. She looks just like her. (laughs) Uh,
3: Okay in the screen and she was like this is my cameo this is my moment me and kevin smith
1: Hmm. i mean honestly like i don't know if you're if you're writing comedies and you get to have a cameo in a scene with kevin smith like i don't know i might i might take that opportunity Hmm.
0: yeah i can't i guess i can't fault for that specifically but wow that's
1: wild there is also a lot of discussion of blood and like an extended discussion of periods. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a lot of piss in this movie.
1: There's a lot. Yeah. Okay, there is more a than lot there should of be piss in this movie. God, it's like a pretty
0: so true. Mm-hmm. As
1: as someone who will like like uh, recently, I, I've taken up. Uh, I have no as, idea like, where this
2: sentence is going. No. Yeah, okay, I'm, gu- I'm going to start the sentence
1: over. Well, please. Uh, as someone who, like, recently, anytime I go to swear, I'll just, like, list swear words and just be like, ah, piss and shit and fucking damn. Uh, I- I- I'm i probably the person I know who says the word piss the most. Uh-huh. This movie is so obsessed with piss. <laughs> it's. Mm-hmm.
0: You feel like it thinks it's one of the themes or something, but it's just it's just weird. <laughs>
1: episode title it thinks piss is a theme (laughs) it
0: genuinely feels like that though like why is it come up so much
1: autumn you are not wrong (laughs) Mm. but yeah i uh we we talked about this a little bit before recording but because there are four of us on this episode and because this movie is structured so weird yeah uh I, i i have a little synopsis Um, that I've written up that, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna read through and then kind of launch from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or do we want to do trivia and stuff first?
2: Let's do the synopsis. No, do the synopsis, yeah. Let's, let's Mm -hmm. see what we're working with here.
1: Lauren finds herself without an apartment after her boyfriend Charlie dumps her and moves to Italy for the summer. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Katie is forced to get a roommate because her Gramercy Park apartment is no longer rent-controlled. Despite the fact that the two women hate each other due to a piss-related incident, <laughs> their mutual friend Jesse sees the alignment of their needs and convinces the two women to try living together, at least in the short term. Lauren then loses her job when the publishing company she works for closes down. Katie works multiple jobs, not only to make ends meet, but for other, non-monetary benefits, including working as a phone sex operator. When Lauren learns about this, she suggests Katie go into business for herself rather than working for a service, and Katie eventually persuades her to run the business side of things. We also meet Ten O'Clock Sean, one of Katie's regulars. The two seem to be developing feelings for each other beyond the bounds of a phone sex relationship. Eventually, Lauren begins working the phones with Katie, starting with a threesome, where Katie and Lauren describe each other's good qualities while staring directly into each other's eyes before falling asleep together in Katie's bed. In the morning, Katie asks Lauren to stay in the apartment permanently. The two girls are wildly successful as phone sex operators. As their relationship develops, Katie agrees to an in-person date with 10 o'clock Sean, and the two hit it off. Katie comes home crying, revealing to Lauren that she's a virgin and is worried about how this might impact her relationship with 10 O'Clock Sean. Lauren assuages her concerns, and Jesse is still in this movie for some reason. <laughs> Lauren says I love you to Katie, who hugs her but doesn't say it back. On the day of a party celebrating the launch of a commercial for their phone sex line, Lauren accepts an offer for her dream job, leading Katie to out her as a sex worker to her parents. The two have a blowout fight that leads to Lauren leaving. Charlie returns from Italy and Lauren meets him for a date that is intercut with Katie and 10 o'clock Sean having sex for the first time. Katie orgasms and realizes that she loves Lauren at the same time that Lauren realizes she's too good for Charlie and walks out. The two women try to call each other at the same time and eventually run into each other's arms for a tearful reunion.
0: Beautiful.
2: And that sounds great.
1: I cut out so much from this movie. <laughs> like, the fact that I just said Jesse is still in this movie for some <laughs> reason is like, like, he is still in this movie for some reason. Mm-hmm. He's Katie's us. Katie's, not Katie's parents, Lauren's parents show up multiple times. Mm-hmm. There's a whole subplot with like a, a evangelical Christian who like, deceives them into letting her work for their phone sex line Mm -hmm. it's a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and somehow this movie is both only 85 minutes and feels incredibly padded
0: gotta say the parents are the real villains to me in this movie um you know i hate them a lot Mm -hmm. yeah and nothing happens with them because we get the the fallout from uh Lauren, I don't know why I confuse their names so much, from Lauren being outed, and then they just never come back in the movie.
3: (laughs) Because, like, all they do is just show up and to, like, not even, like, effectively really
0: create tension. And they'd never treat their daughter like a person. No. hate it. Yeah, they
3: also have access to her bank account, like, they drop that randomly at one point, where they're like, oh you have, like, why do you have so much money in your bank account? And it's like why do you that have access? Mm-hmm.
0: And why, yeah. not only that, like, I could maybe see like, from when she was younger, they got access for, like, emergencies, mm-hmm. but the fact that they check up on it and, like, monitor the amount of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they were, they were going to depot like they were the the line is like oh we were in your bank account to you know give you a little gift to help you you know bridge the gap between jobs or whatever uh or to help with the move i think because they don't Mm -hmm. know that she lost her job Mm -hmm. um and we saw that you had like ten thousand dollars in there did you finally get that raise you've been deserving or whatever Mm.
0: um they could have written her a check could have yeah like a normal
2: person
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I I this is a film (laughs) this really is a film uh this movie is 85 so this is this movie was released in 2012 it's rated r there's an unrated version uh and one of the pieces of trivia that I pulled from imdb uh -hmm. is uh the unrated version uh features approximately two and a half minutes of extended plot sequences that aren't that raunchy at all. <laughs> it's just it's oh. just eighty-eight minutes instead, I guess.
0: Do you know what what the extended scenes are like at all? No, that's so no. Th- it's just
1: extended plot sequences. Um, yeah, this is the director Jamie Travis. Uh, he's mostly done TV. He's done some short films. Uh, this is his first and only uh, feature film. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can tell, Mm. yeah, you can, you can really tell that this movie is, um, directed by someone who primarily works in short films. Mm. And he does, he has like these two well-regarded, uh, like short film trilogies that are like three short films that you're supposed to watch like back to back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things we kept saying last night when we were watching this was like, this movie feels like two or three short film ideas stuck together. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I also, I just, I found this really lovely interview uh, with uh, Hollywood.ca where they interview Jamie Travis. uh, And I just had to pull this quote because it's, it sure is something. Um, (laughs) When I first read the script and met with Lauren and Katie, I was worried that with another director that the characters might be over-sexualized or objectified. I come from a perspective as a gay man and as a director in that I love women. I want to tell female stories. They attract me. I never wanted to see a version of this movie with nudity. There was something about this story where all the lewdness is through the phone line and in actuality the sex has a sweetness. So in this film, it makes sense that our characters are more modest. They stick
3: dildos in their mouths together, (laughs) like really realistic ones.
0: We see their bras in many scenes and underwear. Mm -hmm. We just they're they're like half naked in many scenes.
1: Yeah, I also just I mean, as a gay man, I love women. Uh, I'm always saying this. This is a thing Mm. that I am saying all the time. (laughs) Uh, I do think, like, the nugget of truth here is that, like, the the actual sex is like genuinely like this very sweet, intimate thing. Like, uh, half of the
3: actual sex, like the sex between Charlie and Lauren, is.
1: Oh, I completely forgot about this. No, we opened on a a sex
0: scene.
1: scene. uh, I. I thought so little about Charlie. Uh
0: huh. As you should, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay, I also thought very little about Sean. Uh, all the men in this movie did not warrant a lot of emotional or mental energy for me. I love Sean. Which
1: Shawn. is uh, very deliberate, actually. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I can't remember which interview it was, um, but uh, Katie Ann Naylor, the screenwriter who's not also the star um, she was saying like yeah we very deliberately um, wanted to treat men and like uh, you know romance with a man as like the character's emotional growth like kind of the opposite of like the sexy lamp right Mm -hmm. like the men are there to serve the women's arc and the women's emotional development Mm-hmm. Um, rather than the other way around which they do successfully I don't like it because it's it's like very hashtag girl boss um, mm-hmm. but, but they, they set out to do that and they accomplish it
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah other than that uh, sort of notable uh, like people in this movie uh, Lauren Miller Rogan as Lauren um, she wrote it she also stars in it uh, and she is married to Seth Rogen Since 2011 They've been dating since 2004 oh, wow. um, And Yeah uh, I actually saw it again Saw an interview um, This time with uh, Tribute.ca I don't know why there are so many Canadian interviews uh, <laughs> But The interviewer asked like Oh like you know how did How did being married to Seth Rogen Play a role in this movie um, And a Weird question <laughs> it it was, it was a a question that I wanted to know the answer to, but it was phrased so like poorly because yeah. Seth Rogen does have a cameo in this movie,
4: mm-hmm. um,
1: and it is a very Seth Rogen e like style of comedy, like it's just very rooted in that twenty twelve like sensibility, mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah lauren uh lauren miller rogan and uh katie and naylor were basically like yeah like he was supportive when we asked him for support but he kind of just let us do our thing uh which is nice you know like it's a a man should nice uh, to hear that Mm
0: -hmm. yeah what a good (laughs)
1: husband should do Mm -hmm. um yeah and then other than that uh mark weber the guy who plays sean uh is just notable for being in the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, it, it, it's, this it's is the called... worst
0: movie you've ever seen. Is that no, what you no,
1: mean? no, no? He was oh, in okay. another. This, this is oh, up there. Okay, this is okay. one of the movies I've, say, seen I've, I've seen. I've seen way, liked way to the worse movies.
0: Least. I don't know what's <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
1: But he was in another movie called Uncanny. Uh, okay, that was just it was just so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but. Um yeah, that's kind of all the trivia I have for now other than like all the cameos. Like the dog is just Seth and Lauren Rogan's dog. Oh, uh love that her name dog. is The Legend of Zelda. Oh,
3: that's really that. cute.
1: Yeah, and then uh they shot this movie in like 16 days. Uh which is both very impressive and very confusing cuz it like Comparing this to Fourth Man Out, which I think they shot in like 12 or 14 days, uh, seems wild how different the two movies are. Although I guess they did have to paint the whole apartment in the course of shooting this movie. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, Plot that's, critical Heather Gray. Plot critical Heather Gray. Uh, One
3: of many U-Haul lesbian moments in the film. Of, like, (laughs) I just moved in and I'm only here for the summer. I'm going to repaint half the living room. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, this is, this is, like, so, so a huge conceit of this movie is that, like, if we want to just, like, get on into it, like, Mm -hmm. Lauren and Katie hate each other. Yes. Because ten years prior to the events of this movie, Katie was uh, riding home in Lauren's car... Having never met
0: her before, yeah, they were strangers. Having never
1: met her before, peed in a McDonald's cup, and then accidentally splashed it all over Katie. Or Lauren. Perfectly valid reason to hate somebody. Hmm. Yeah. If someone splashed piss all over me, I would never talk to them again.
2: (laughs) Despite having a mutual friend in Jamie. (laughs) Jesse.
1: Jesse, who is, again, just in this movie for some reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna s- send two pictures to the Discord call. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. One of them is a picture of Justin Long as Jesse, uh-huh. and one of them is a picture of Jamie Taylor, uh, or Jamie Travis. Sorry. The director of this uh, film. The director of this film.
2: Fascinated to see where this is going what is our- I feel
1: is Jesse just Jamie?
2: maybe uh, yeah probably like f- a self insert that situation. would explain why he's in this movie despite doing nothing He, he self
3: insert just to be homophobic to yourself
1: <laughs> yeah that's the other thing like uh, Jesse is it feels so deeply like a homophobic caricature mm-hmm.
0: oh yeah, yeah awful. The dog is great, though, because he brings the dog Zelda? In a few scenes, and that's a good a good. Jamie, thing. Jesse feels like he could be a side character in Gaby. Oh my god, yes. Y'all remember Gaby? Yes. <laughs> yes. No. I hate that you said uh-huh. that, but yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Gaby is a movie we did for season one. And all the characters didn't feel like real people. They just felt like caricatures of people mm-hmm. so he would fit right in
1: yeah it's he also, really is, what is just
0: what is okay. this trend where like i'm sorry where like a gay best friend to a woman why do they have to always act like they kind of hate the woman they're supposed to be
1: friends with like Cause, he's never nice because gay men are catty bitches <laughs> the, thi- the thing about gay men is that they're women and the thing about women is that they're catty bitches Hmm. Like, this Ugh. is what I mean when I describe this movie as deeply homophobic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that just feels more kind of sexist, too. Like, there's there's a lot of things happening. Yeah, I mean... There's layers. Multiple <laughs> things it's can like happen at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Th- this movie is also racist. Mm-hmm. Like, there's... The only, uh... The only black person in this movie... Uh, is Katie's landlord who's trying to evict her, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe he's the building super. Either way, um, and then there are a bunch of Korean women in the nail salon where mm-hmm. Katie works.
0: Mm-hmm. I already blocked that out. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the instant those this scenes movie. were over, mm-hmm. I blocked them out.
1: Everyone in this movie treats Katie as if she's supposed to be like the kind of a stupid bimbo but she speaks three languages fluently yeah like she's fluent enough in korean to speak it seemingly exclusively at work and then she's fluent enough in spanish to have phone sex in spanish
0: it's incredibly like, impressive mm-hmm. yeah and it's not as
2: if um, the movie is making a point about like oh everyone thinks the katie is a stupid bimbo but actually she is savvy and smart in this way Uh, in like different ways than Lauren is savvy and smart. It's that she is shown to be savvy and smart and then everyone else and we as the audience by extension are still expected to treat her like she is not savvy and smart. Mm -hmm. In a different, in a better version of this movie, this is a plot point, right? Like Lauren underestimates katie because she like had this like promiscuous reputation when they were an undergrad and like i don't know is blonde and doesn't really have like a steady job she just has like several sort of uh part-time gigs that she's doing um and so part of them becoming friends prior to starting the sex line is Lauren realizes that Katie is like smart in ways that she is not smart, and Katie realizes that Lauren isn't as stuck up as she appears. It I feel like, like in yeah. a good thought about going there. Oh, you go,
3: Lauren. Who's Lauren?
0: <laughs> 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 <I'm> oh so fuck! Sorry. <laughs> Oh my Lauren god. From the
1: before the fall episode of the pod. Welcome on, our fifth guest.
0: My god, I'm so offended right now. Holy shit. I'm so okay. sorry. That's I'm just so gonna funny. endure that, I guess. Think about that all day. Um But I was gonna say brutally A- misnamed. Oh please, do not do not give me that. Don't try. Um it to me it felt like the movie Oh, like wanted to explore what Hal was talking about, but either I don't know, ran out of time because it was doing like two million other things, and it just forgot, or it was too scared to commit to like an actual serious plotline. But mm. I don't know. I feel like yeah. there were elements of that in their dynamic because they started like... like
2: hating each other and then like r- like make up enough to start this business together. And we don't get the bridge between those two points. They're just suddenly best friends. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Like Katie. So the, the, like something that I like repeatedly wrote in my notes was like, this movie could have started here, but movies have to be movie
4: length.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and so like the, the scene, we have like two scenes back to back. Um, one at Katie's nail salon where we learn that she speaks Korean and it's like a really good introduction to Lauren and Katie if the movie starts here um because we like understand like where they're at in life we like learn that uh Lauren has lost her job and Katie knows about this but hasn't brought it up and like we know that we learn that Katie is an aspiring writer and is like writing while she has all these other jobs and part of the reason she has all of these other jobs instead of settling on like one stable career is because like she works at the nail salon and so she gets all sort of free beauty products Mm -hmm. and she's really good at being a beautician she like processes delivery orders for a Chinese place because she gets free Chinese food (laughs) She we later in the next scene learn is a phone sex operator because she's good at it and she can make a lot of money doing it. Uh-huh.
4: Okay. It mm-hmm.
1: uh and also, uh, like Katie tells one of the Korean girls in the salon, I think her name is Ming Lee, in Korean, hey, give Lauren an extra hot Brazilian wax, which is just like You're just torturing this woman. You're just, you're just, this is just one in a series (laughs) of things that aren't like Katie doesn't like Lauren. It's like Katie is a bad person.
3: Yeah, like Katie fully, like when Lauren is like moving, like Katie just starts selling her property to random people on the street.
1: Yeah, uh, man, I love to see in things Josh Rubin walks up and uh, like assumes yeah and it's like how much for the lamp and katie just sells lauren's lamp uh gonna
0: be honest i did laugh
1: no it's funny (laughs) that's that's the thing there are genuine funny moments in this movie there are good jokes it just doesn't like come together Mm -hmm. um but yeah we have like the actual scene where lauren learns about katie's phone sex business um because she like she Mm -hmm. hears katie doing like doing phone sex and this is where the like erotic horror comes in Mm -hmm. like the scenario gets like really like dark really fast and so katie like or lauren Mm -hmm. yeah lauren is worried goes to check on katie and sees that she's just jumping on her bed on the phone Mm -hmm. uh so then they are so then they're in the living room, and Katie's like, "Okay, if you want the story, I'll tell you the story and then they go into the kitchen and the movie could have started here with without any of this preamble about Katie and Lauren hating each other without any of this like extended just like dislike stuff um." we could have just gotten this conversation about like the logistics of running a phone sex line, why Katie does it, why she is, why she thinks she's good at it. And then Lauren being like, Oh, well, you know, if you do this, this, and this, you can make a ton more money. And then uh, Katie, I don't know why it's so hard to keep their names straight. (laughs) Uh, and then Katie is like, <laughs> you're good at business, I'm good at phone sex, why don't we do this together?
3: It would also, it would be nice if the career that, like, Lauren wants to do, which is, like, publishing, was more explicitly linked to, like, hey, these are things that you are good at. Like, oh, you're, like, you are, mm-hmm. quali- like, qualified for some reason to be, like, accounting and setting up a business, or, like... Anything, versus, point. like, she wants to be, like, like an editorial assistant, I think? Which is, like, yeah. that, mm-hmm. like, does not actually, like, be relevant at any point. It's just, like, it this could is have the been job. been Katie
0: wrote her book.
3: Yeah, which was what I was expecting to happen later in the movie. Like, Katie's book was going to come across Lauren's desk, and she would do, like, some kind of gesture or something. Or, like, she would be, like she would read the book and be like oh my god she was in love with me the whole time I have to go like something like that but those two things just like don't cohesively come together and it would have been easy for them to have Mm -hmm. in like some way
1: well and I mean part of this is in basically every um every interview like the the sort of a line anyone associated with this film gives is that this is a movie about female friendship that uses phone sex as sort of an absurd backdrop to, like, highlight that, that dynamic, right? And it, it kind of is, but it also isn't. It's a movie about phone sex and about <laughs> female friendship. Like, these are two distinct themes. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you. Want, but, I wanted to see more of them like bonding as friends outside of the phone sex thing. Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also a line uh, in this kitchen scene where Katie says, "You're not better than me. You're not better than phone sex," and then Lauren says, sort of to herself, like, "I'm better than phone sex," mm-hmm. and there is no indication that Lauren thinks this leading up to this. It's just like. Out of the blue, like Lauren is just like anti-sex work. Mm-hmm.
0: I I just kind of I mean it was like 2012. I think there was just the assumption that uh, quote unquote normal people would not want to get into sex work, so like you didn't need an explicit Lauren explicitly demonstrating that she had that opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's fair. This like uh, there are actually a a lot of points where I like wrote something in my notes where I was like, this isn't true. And like this is a very 2012 movie. Like, yeah, uh, part of Lauren's advice is to like get a PayPal and like you just like PayPal will just freeze your account if they find out you're doing sex work. Uh, Oh god, I didn't know that. That sucks. Yeah, especially since the, like, FOSTA-SESTA thing. Like, Mm -hmm. since those two laws passed, um, a lot more online platforms, like, uh, especially, like, PayPal and Venmo and stuff will just straight up freeze your account. Uh, yeah. Her other piece of advice is to get a landline, uh, which seems... Much easier to track than a cell phone. Yeah. I guess just because you don't have limited minutes on a landline.
3: (coughs) Yeah, because it is like a point that she talks about um, that Katie says is like, oh, yeah, and my cell phone bill is so high. Like, that's one of the few downsides to this job. But I think that they also just like wanted to put in the cute little pink phones
1: Oh,
0: definitely. Like yeah. the, that prop.
1: Mm-hmm. the the pink phones were in the script, <laughs> uh, like from the earliest drafts. Like, uh, the the two like the two of them having matching pink phones was like a thing. Um, mm-hmm.
2: They also featured heavily in mm. the trailers, if I remember,
1: and they're they... like
2: on the movie poster, too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and and on the cake that they have to celebrate the commercial. It's
1: yeah. very cute. Um But yeah, I I don't know. It's just a it, it's weird that they put such an emphasis on the pink phones and then like Lauren is just still using a headset <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I did think that was weird. I,
1: yeah. Um but yeah
2: Not even a pink headset She could have had a, like a fuzzy pink headset Yeah uh,
1: Then like I don't know I guess at this point Like at the end of the first act We get them like Lauren agrees to do the To work with Katie on the sex Line And uh...
2: Because she has an interview um, At like her dream publisher And the the spot she was interviewing for has already been filled via nepotism and the very mean book woman tells her to go away and also that everyone made fun of like the volunteer work that she put on her resume
1: yeah the the Which, advice why from, <laughs> yeah the advice yeah. from book woman is like take the summer off live a little uh and then like you know come back in you know try again when we have another position open in three months Mm
0: -hmm. people can't just go three months without Mm. working if that's what she was implying that made me so angry Mm -hmm.
1: I think the implication is like Mm -hmm. get a job as like a pizza woman or something Uh, but also like this this is I don't know I guess this is a nitpick but like because money is such a focus of this movie I feel like it's fair like Lauren could just apply for unemployment. Yeah. She she gets, she gets like air quotes fired, but it's not like at fault or anything. The, she's working for a press and the guy who runs the press is like retiring. And instead of passing on the press, he's um, just like shutting it down. Mm -hmm. And this is like exactly the kind of scenario where, that unemployment exists to account for. Like Mm -hmm. she could just apply for unemployment. Mm -hmm. She has a savings. She has savings. Mm -hmm. It's established. She has Um,
3: presumably wealthy parents that live reasonably close. Like I think they live somewhere outside the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They live on Long
2: Island.
1: Yeah. She could just live in Long Island and commute for the summer. It's a, it's a rough commute. It's not like a good commute, but it, is doable
2: Mm -hmm. but this conversation with bookwoman, i don't know what her position is maybe she's an editor uh maybe she's their hiring manager who knows but this conversation uh along with the one of the reasons that charlie broke up with lauren is that uh he thought that their relationship was boring and that lauren herself was boring and like unexciting and so he's jetting off to rome uh, for the summer This will be Also forcing her to leave the
3: apartment When um, he's like going yeah, Not going to be there Why does there? she have to move
0: Like He broke this up with is... her He should leave yeah. he's, well, And he's so physically both... not going to be there
1: Yeah well they both leave the apartment Like mm-hmm. uh, this is This is something that uh, Like um, Roger Ebert, Ebert I don't know how you pronounce his last name Ebert okay um, Ebert This is something uh, that Roger Ebert brings up in his interview and the kind of part of what made me really hate Roger Ebert. Uh, I've never read anything else that this man has written, but I saw that he had reviewed this movie. Um, He just like gets facts about this movie wrong. Like, for instance, Charlie is not like kicking Lauren out of the apartment. They are like Charlie is also leaving the apartment. And oh, that's
2: true. Yeah, he has a new yeah, place but just the time like pops
1: back up. Th- there's no reason that Lauren couldn't get a new roommate in this apartment. She's even like, This is my home. I've lived here for two years. Um, she could absolutely just find a roommate and live in this apartment. And I understand if she doesn't want to, because it's like all of these memories of uh, you know, her boyfriend, but it's like, um, Maybe she
2: isn't on the lease.
1: Yeah, but you can add some. Well, I to knew she
0: couldn't. Um, I know she couldn't afford a place by herself, but like she could get a so roommate in this mm-hmm. apartment.
3: Although I wonder yeah. if the movie would—I don't know—like if instead of her moving into Katie's apartment, it was Katie moving into her apartment, and then the redecorating could be like part of they're like, oh, we're becoming friends, and also it could be like, uh, oh, this whole place reminds you of your ex-boyfriend, like, let's repaint the living room. Like...
0: Yeah, that would have been better. (laughs)
3: Instead of, like, the dead haunted grandma mm. thing that, like, doesn't go anywhere? Remember how that's a thing?
1: Yeah, as it stands, the (laughs) redecorating is just Lauren hate, or Katie hates Lauren, And so doesn't want to change anything from the way her grandma had it uh, just to spite Lauren. And as soon as they, like, are friends and start to make money, they just, like, get a new couch. It's like, your couch was perfectly fine. Why did you get this new couch?
0: Because they could. What do you mean? (laughs) You make a lot of money. You want to buy nice things for yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair. Uh, I I think this is a good point to read this quote from Ebert's review or oh Ebert's review. Eggbert. Um I think this is a good point to read this quote.
2: Guys we cannot trash Roger How? Ebert. I'm on gonna this trash podcast. Robert
1: Roger Ebert on this podcast. We
2: will be we will be drawn and coordinated. <laughs> that is again. a ri-
1: that is a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for you.
2: Is these opinions either <laughs> not reflective of the views of this podcast? <laughs>
1: This review is basically CinemaSins with extra steps. No. Uh, it, it makes jokes that aren't funny, and it just, like, gets things wrong about the text.
0: See, you are advertising right. this review so hard for me. I'm going to have to read it after this. Same?
1: Uh, all right. The, the opening line of this review. Of all the lonely ways to spend money, paying for phone sex strikes me as the most pathetic. A prostitute um, is really there. That's very rude. A phone rude. sex companion is only a soundtrack for masturbation. That's so. and the man who needs one must have a desperate lack of imagination. Oh, um, well, that's just not equally depressing to <gasps> me. Are some of the reviews received by for a good time call, <laughs> sir? That's yeah. very rude. Like,
2: it, it's also first of all phone no. sex is great second of all like,
0: yeah what
1: that, oh, what this review's te- what this review tells me is that roger ebert has never or i guess he's dead now roger ebert never paid for porn roger ebert <laughs> looked at a fucking pin-up calendar and saw oh that's pretty good and then just like went and masturbated like
0: Look, if you you can do that, no, if you can do that, if your imagination's that good, honestly, good for you. Uh, Most of us aren't that blessed.
1: (laughs) Uh, He goes on to say, the little movie glossary requires that all sex comms must end with at least one example of sincere romance. Considering that Jesse is gay, the only possible candidate for this obligatory role has to be one of the clients. I can understand sincere romance between a prostitute and a client because, like, they're both in the room, right? But if your dating pool consists of the clients for a phone sex service, that suggests right away these guys may be lacking in social skills.
3: Oh my god.
2: Sean does have very bad social anxiety. This is literally
1: textual. Mm. Sean feels insecure. Like, he is shy. And he develops a, bo- a, like, genuine bond with Katie. And he's, like, it's very sweet.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Their love yes. story is cute, and like, I like it's it. It's really, like, genuine. I am once again a Sean apologist, but <laughs> I Shawn's
0: Okay, t- well, then I'm going to just be, um, have an unpopular opinion here. I did not at all like the Sean romance subplot, but I do want to first say that I don't think you should be writing a review for a movie like this if you hate sex work that strongly. Uh, mm-hmm. Get someone else to review the film then. Um, but yeah, I did not. It made me really uncomfortable, the romance between Katie and Sean. Um,
4: yeah, mm.
0: I like they tried really hard to make it not creepy. And I don't think Sean's a bad person or anything like I, he deserves to be happy. Uh, but I I didn't Mm -hmm. like it it felt really weird Uh, I felt like they did a good job of being like he wasn't
3: asking her out out of nowhere he was like oh we legit call every night and just like really enjoy talking to each other like yeah
1: yeah he says we've we've talked every night for a week but we haven't had phone sex at all like she sends him some of her writing he sends her some of his like short films that he's editing yeah like they've already Uh, crossed
3: the line of like client to like provider and like are firmly going into the mm -hmm. territory of friends it's like
2: a coffee shop
0: AU yeah uh, i'm just not a big fan of stuff like that in general it feels icky to me i know they did an okay job with it here but i still and just the fact the movie also didn't really care about their romance like they didn't it was just yeah I like the review said it was just a way to have a romance in here so it it wasn't doing a good job to make it up to me wow roger
1: ebert apologist
0: not just, <laughs> roger for, ebert, apologist. Okay. just yeah. for that just for that
1: Th- this this movie gives me like uh, this movie reminds me a lot of like Twilight, where okay. when I say when I say I hate <laughs> Twilight, I have to then say but not for the reasons you're thinking. Mm. Like Twilight has mm-hmm. uh, a ton of problems, right? Uh, none of those problems are it's a thing that was popular with teenage girls. Mm-hmm. Twilight is incredibly hated because it was a thing that was popular with teenage girls. And it's like, no, actually this movie is really bad for like, uh, the way it like appropriates native American culture and uh, the like weird uh, approach it takes to like virginity and mm-hmm. motherhood and Mormonism and stuff. There are the a lot of problems propaganda. with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> none of them are teenage girls liked this when it first came out. With this movie, I feel similarly. Like, I have to be like, this movie is bad, but it's bad because the the pacing is terrible. It is this weird, like, amalgam of, like, several different plot lines that feel like they should all be their own short film, etc. Mm -hmm. This movie isn't bad because it's about sex workers or because it's about, like, female friendship Uh or whatever. Um... But I do think that, like, sh- the sean Katie romance could be its own short film, and it would be really good.
0: It'd be adorable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When they were having sex at the end, I was so uncomfortable, I literally had to look away. <laughs>
1: we <We'll> get there.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, there's a, a visit from... Um, Lauren's parents. That doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, they have a. Uh, they
0: they show up unannounced.
2: This will become. Important they do it. Yeah,
0: like one time. Well, I can't forgive it any time. Literally, just call ahead, please. What if she's not home? But they do it twice. Mm-hmm. You have no respect for her as a person.
1: <sighs> I, none. I don't know if the second time is dropping in unannounced because they know about her job interview and so they come over to talk to her after her job interview don't they
2: but i don't think that she i think that she like she was like yeah i have this job interview and they just decided yeah. to come over not that they had plans they to they would talk not about have
0: it. decorated the apartment the way they had if they thought Lauren's parents were coming over yeah yeah there's no
2: way and also Lauren, like, was fully went to that interview to say no. Like, she decided during the interview mm-hmm. to say yes to
1: true. Yeah. Um,
0: and I'm also pretty sure they, they did the same, like, hey, sorry, we just popped over kind of thing they did the first time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. We just got on the ferry from Staten Island. And Lally. don't have phones, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: This is why I'm glad I live on a separate continent from my parents.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they simply cannot
1: drop in on me
0: well I mean if they're even a little bit like a normal person they would think to call ahead of time I yeah. just who does this
1: there's this whole plot line where uh, Katie and Lauren like hire another operator named Chrissy <laughs> um
2: mm-hmm. And she has she has infiltrated them in order to evangelize to their clients and narrow down the list of men who will call this sex line because they will be filled with the spirit Which, of Which, honestly, if,
1: if I called a sex line and the woman on the other end, first of all, wouldn't be a woman, but the woman on the other end <laughs> was talking me through, uh, like, cock and ball torture and then ended... Like, that led to her telling me that God is damning me to hell. I would be like, I don't remember asking for sexy nun, but, like, I'll go with it. Yeah, I, oh when God. I first saw
3: the thing, <laughs> I thought it was, like, part of, like, the scene that they were doing. Like, I figured he had explicitly asked for, like, some kind of, like, humiliation or, like, I don't know. Like, I feel... I
0: love that that's where your mind went. That is so funny. <laughs>
3: yeah it's. i was like oh this is like this is just part of it this is like his fantasy
0: what chrissy thinks she's doing long like if she to be able to infiltrate like this the amount that she has to be not only aware of like in the world of of sex work and just like sexual kinks in general but also like willing to acted out to a certain extent how are you not damning your own soul chrissy because she's doing it in the name She's of also probably blood. a protestant
1: so it's like that whole like you know sola fide thing like it doesn't matter what she does so long as she believes in jesus
0: I think jesus would say the ends do not justify these means actually i'm pretty sure that's a and thing. and that's because say.
1: you were raised catholic
0: all right all right maybe i don't know <laughs> it just felt like um,
1: <laughs> on a related note uh as i said the i don't remember asking for the sexy nun thing i made homosexual eye contact with my boyfriend in the other room
2: no! and he <laughs> hi justin
1: um, oh good uh
2: Hi, Justin. Yeah, so Justin has been present for so many recording sessions. He should just come on the should. pod.
1: Maybe we'll get him on for the Chicken Little episode. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this th- this whole plot is only important so that like, uh, like we get a couple of jokes, and we also get uh, like Lauren starting like becoming a phone sex operator instead of just like running the credit cards mm-hmm. her the the exact line is i picked up the phone and he came i don't want to be boring anymore
0: <laughs> yes kind of a weird leap but like all right lauren mm-hmm.
1: Uh. yeah this is also like uh one of the, I think this is like the, the second or third time we get Katie's like performative AAVE thing mm. like mm. she will just sometimes like say like girl with like five U's uh it, it's, it's just a little weird it's just a little weird that it's sprinkled throughout this movie.
3: Feels very 2012 <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then we have a, a very lesbian training montage. Yes. I actually really like this training montage.
3: I wish that this training montage had been like a moment where we could have like what we were talking about earlier, this moment of, uh, God, what's her name? I call it Lauren. <laughs> like a moment of Lauren being <laughs> like, oh, Katie has skills and talents. And this is actually like a job that you need to know how to do it, and it's something that she's good at, If it's a real skill that she Mm -hmm. has, I shouldn't have underestimated her. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish that this had been a moment to incorporate, like, that kind of character development of going from I'm better than phone sex to I want to be good at phone sex. Like I am actually not good enough for phone sex. Like that kind of thing.
0: Instead it just cemented their romance.
3: Yeah, instead it was just like you're falling in love. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hardcore. Yeah. And this leads us nicely into the midpoint of the film, which is uh the three-way. Yeah. Uh
0: what a great scene. And I yeah, I place. feel like
1: this is this is really where like the the queer reading enters the text, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because so, Seth Rogen calls the sex line. I think his character's name is Jerry. Um, he's a pilot. And he... He's a pilot. He's uh, taking a shit in the airport bathroom... And calls the sex line. Um, Request a
2: threesome.
1: Request the threesome. So... Lauren and Katie get on the line. Um, the scene isn't funny. Like... The Seth Rogen (laughs) part is just boring uh, Mm. and kind of gross. And then, like, the Lauren and Katie part is, like, this big emotional touchstone for this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh, But it's it's not funny at all. Because
2: he, like, asks them to describe each other, and they look lovingly into each other's eyes and describe, like, their, like, most positive qualities, but, like, as people rather than, like, you know, as sexual partners Mm -hmm. necessarily, which is probably the thing that Seth Rogen's character wanted. They just start complimenting each other really intensely, and, like, the music swells, and it's beautiful. And, like, when they do talk physically,
3: it's, it's, like, very romantic. It's, like, describing like, her hair is, like, so soft and shiny, and her eyes are so beautiful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... And then they... Like wake up the next morning, they have fallen asleep in Katie's bed after like six hours of, uh, of doing phone sex, um, and it's like Katie is
3: last night, and we get like several uh, minutes of Katie like gazing at Lauren while she's asleep in like a soft, loving, gentle way. It's like the camera angle mm-hmm. is very like looking at someone that character perspective is in love with kind of like angle.
1: Yes. Yeah, and then uh, Katie is literally like, I want you to stay like, I d- you know, beyond the summer. I want you to stay here uh, like, you know, and it's like very lesbian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point. Like at one point Lauren literally says Last night was my first night So let's just take it as it comes And like This is the resolution Of the Katie and Lauren Odd couple plot uh-huh.
2: mm-hmm. This
1: should just be the end Of a short film mm-hmm.
2: Yes But instead we have to end the other short film When we already started
1: <laughs> Yeah um,
2: Katie also got Lauren her own Pink phone that she had to schlep yeah. oh, all the way out before? to
3: Brooklyn to get.
1: Mm hmm. Um, there One are. One thing I have
2: in my notes around this scene is enemies to lovers, but make it you haul lesbians. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this movie is ju- literally just uh, enemies to lovers fan fiction. Uh, and. and That's it. Speaking speaking
3: of, I do just have to bring up that I was looking for a different Destiel phone sex fic and found something called Gay for a Day NC17 7700 word count. Summary of which is (laughs) Dean Castiel hate each other, but in order to not end up homeless, they hastily agree uh, parentheses, no! albeit with a firm push by Sam Winchester, end parentheses, to become roommates oh until God. further arrangements that don't involve Holy them both shit. being completely broke or made. Then Castiel finds out Dean runs a phone sex line and shit hits the fan real fast. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> it's not on AO3 anymore. It's the day of my life. It's, the link is broken. It just leads to like the AO3 no! 404 page and I tried the Wayback Machine and no one archived the page.
1: <gasps> Maddie, no.
2: why what? would you do
1: this to me? What I'm learning <laughs> about Supernatural through Maddie. only encountering it through Maddie's description of fan fictions is that Sam Winchester is a huge ally. No, no, yes. okay, no, well, no Sam Winchester
3: fine. is very clearly queer. It's just that nobody who yes. ships Destiel... Okay, that's not fair. Mainstream Destiel does not care enough about Sam to the point where they will put Sam as an ally in the role of gay best friend mm-hmm. without... Sam like, Winchester like, literally had a boyfriend in college. Sam Winchester was a sensitive kid who connected a lot with his English teacher and yes. never felt at home in um, his family and thought there was something like deeply, like something is different about me. I can't be in this like hunter life.
0: Uh, How did we get I here? Lo-
3: <laughs> I
2: would l- well,
1: I would like to bring Maddie this found back. found a
2: for a good time called <laughs> bestie
3: that I can't
1: read. Yeah. This
3: was relevant. <laughs> This was real.
1: (laughs) To bring this back to the movie, uh, I would like to make an addendum to my earlier statement. Okay. Mm -hmm. Earlier I said uh, this movie is an enemies to lovers fanfic. What I left out is that this is an enemies to lovers real person fanfic. Mm -hmm. Mm. This movie is based off of two things. Uh One... Katie Ann Naylor's experience as a phone sex operator. Okay. And two, Katie Ann Naylor's friendship with Lauren Miller Rogan. I'm
2: sorry? Say more. Katie
1: Ann... Katie <sighs> this Ann Naylor... This is an
2: autobiographical
1: film. Katie Ann Naylor and Lauren Miller Rogan were friends in college, wrote this movie together, and then made this movie uh starring lauren miller rogan and uh oh now i'm forgetting her name um starring lauren miller rogan and ari grainer as katie like the this is just two things from katie ann naylor's life and one of those things is her actual friendship with with lauren miller rogan amazing amazing this is this is like this makes the no homo of this movie make so much more sense because it is a woman or i guess two women writing about female friendships from the perspective of their friendships and just completely missing the fact that lesbians exist
2: this is the exact same thing that happened with jennifer's body
1: it is this is the exact same thing uh like this is just two women falling in love (laughs) and like i think i think part of what's frustrating to me and um i i'm reminded of something we talked about on the seinfeld episode where like if you think about like the boyfriend parts one and two where they are intentionally playing with the tropes of romance um to make it seem you know to kind of parallel elaine dating uh the bat the baseball player and jerry becoming friends with the baseball player like it's very tongue-in-cheek wink wink nudge nudge and like it's very explicit this movie it seems like it's trying to play with the tropes of romance but mm. either doesn't know that it's doing it or is doing so without acknowledging that it's playing with the mm. tropes of romance
0: see i thought like, it, it, it was doing it on purpose i i read this whole movie differently <laughs> I, it's just the way that they use so many romance tropes in such an incredibly, uh, like, clear, explicit way. I thought there's no way they're not doing this intentionally. Like, I, I just, you know, a lot of movies from, like, you know, early 2000s and stuff just think it's funny because obviously two people the same gender can't actually fall in love. So it's funny to put all these romance tropes on them anyway. So that's what I thought they were doing on purpose. Yeah, like, particularly with, like, the ending scene
3: where it's like, I just had my first orgasm, and my first thought is, oh my god, I love my best friend so much.
4: Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) like, I I mean, there's just a bunch of, like, a bunch of stuff that we can just skip right over. Like, the important thing here is that, like, Sean and Katie start dating, and then mm. No, uh... I
2: the 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 um the thing with Sean and Katie starting starting to date and Lauren and Jesse like chaperoning her at the beginning of their date is very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she is meeting someone that she hasn't met face to face before and then there's a non zero chance that he's a big creep because they did meet on a phone sex line and so Lauren like gives her some really tight spanks and bug spray and other accoutrement to like fend off an attack. Um and yeah, her and uh, Jesse like go to the bar with her and they sit and wait for Sean.
1: Yeah. Uh unfortunately Jesse is still in this movie. Yes. Um the, the yeah, so the the like it, it is cute, um but it's also where we get all the jokes about date rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and um then like Sean and Katie start doing this thing that they do consistently throughout the rest of the film, where they'll like sit next to each other, not necessarily like looking at each other, uh, but just like not making eye contact, um, mm-hmm. just like being in the same space together, uh, which is like a really cute thing for two people who met
2: on a sex line to do.
1: Yeah. Um. And then and then Lauren uh, is very high, and Katie comes home from the date. And Katie confesses that she's, uh, a virgin who has never masturbated and never had an orgasm. Mm -hmm.
2: Because she was traumatized by seeing a, like, sister's friend's genital warts as a child. Mm
1: -hmm. I think it was her cousin. Her cousin was teaching her how to put in a tampon, uh, and was like, if you have sex, you will get pregnant and die. (laughs) Uh and then lauren gives some very just like milk toast platitude advice mm-hmm. uh and then a bu- like a bunch of stuff happens i don't know <laughs> does, it- does a
4: bunch of stuff happen <laughs> like
1: yeah there's there's like the whole like scene where they're filming their commercial oh my god yeah just um, naked in the bathroom.
3: Like,
2: Ugh. Sean and Jesse are helping them film this commercial because Sean is a director.
1: And Jesse is still in this movie. And they're naked in
3: the bubble bath together because they're gal pals.
1: Um. Yeah, there's even a line where it's like, oh, I just saw your nipple as if like. Like, really? Like, you've. Scandal. You've pissed in front of each other Mm -hmm.
5: and you've never like
1: walked around the apartment naked like one of these things seems uh these things seem very misplaced in the hierarchy of intimacy Mm. but yeah we we get to uh lauren getting a call from laxton press she and katie hatch a plan to go uh and like Nail the interview, get a job offer, and then turn them down because she's too good for them. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh she gets she nails the interview, she gets the job offer, and then she we get the
2: we get the I love you before this. Yeah, oh that's yeah, morning. we get I mean we get the
1: Yeah. Okay. Um we get the I love you a while ago. Uh Lauren says I love you. Katie doesn't say it back, but she like hugs. They hug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um which is just setting up conflict for later. Uh, Lauren goes to the interview, gets a job offer, accepts the job offer because uh,
2: bookwoman scares her into not being self-employed anymore with like health and Yes, talk.
3: I think.
1: Yes, but which is, frankly, stupid. They made twelve thousand dollars in three weeks. Like I i I did the math uh like working 30 hours a week uh they managed to make twelve thousand dollars in three weeks, which is more than I make in a year <laughs> and also not full time mm-hmm.
4: mm-hmm. it,
1: it It really seems like uh Lauren can probably just afford to uh, afford to buy health insurance. Mm-hmm. They're an LLC. They could get benefits mm-hmm. as a company.
3: They, yeah. they, and they, she explicitly talks about how, like, oh, we're an LLC now. Like, we have an accountant.
1: But, yeah, so Lauren accepts the job, and Katie's upset by this. I, I think rightfully and so. Abandoned. And
3: also just lost, uh, like, her partner in the business, which is, like, one of her primary sources of income. Generally a shitty mm-hmm. thing to just suddenly do.
2: Yes, they have decorated the apartment for a party to celebrate the commercial and made like little panty garlands and put a couple of giant dildos on the coffee table, which is awkward because Lauren's parents are here suddenly again. And they come in and Katie's like, oh, we're having a bachelorette party. That's why the decorations are like this uh, and you know, their parents are unco- her parents are uncomfortable. With the decorations. And it's like, well, then don't come over unannounced. Mm -hmm.
1: There is a line in the Roger Ebert interview about this. Uh, First of all, he says, we see a few of their pitiful customers played by Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith. Uh, And then he's just mean about Kevin Smith, uh, the real life Mm. man. Um, And then he says... There's also a scene where Lauren's parents drop in unexpectedly and find two enormous dildos on the coffee table. At least I hope to God they're enormous. One is black and the other looks like it may have been inspired by Shrek. That's not true. No, it's, it's, it's just flesh tones. Mm. It's (laughs) just real person flesh tones.
0: Yeah. Is he okay?
1: No, clearly he's insecure about the size of his penis. Is that what this entire review is about? <laughs> Roger Ebert, Ebert it was insecure about his ability to perform sexually because of the size of his penis and wrote a bad review of this movie. Anyway, I think the panty garlands are cute. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Lauren is like, they offered me a job and I took it, which why would you ever take a, take a job without asking for like a couple of days to consider it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh that's true second of all katie katie feeling betrayed by this then outs lauren to her parents and is like this whole time we've been running a sex line uh, check out
2: this commercial we made mm-hmm.
1: katie's parents you know are repulsed and leave her
2: dad specifically, like, okay, so her mom, like, makes a disgusted noise and leaves, and then her dad is like, no, 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 you're just doing, like, the business side of things, you don't do sex work, and Lauren is like, I kind of do do sex work, and then he makes a disgusted noise and leaves.
1: Uh, and then they like... never
2: return in the movie, Yeah, they're just, they just gone. Presumably they are, they have exited her life.
1: Uh, this interaction, seemingly based on a real interaction Katie Ann Naylor had with her father. What? Uh, yeah.
4: Yikes. One,
1: of, one of the in, uh, interviews uh, I think this one yeah this one was with uh, Huffington Post um, the interviewer asks what was your parents reaction when they found out about your business and Naylor says my dad had his own business so I tried to talk about it like well we were a limited liability corporation I came up with the idea to have a 10 minute minimum and that way we could always have the credit card validated first and he was literally like stop I don't need to hear about this like we'll get into this more in the Chicken Little episode, but parents support your children. I
2: read a, No, we have gotten into this more in the Chicken Little episode. Chicken yes. Little comes before this. Yes,
1: we have gotten into this more in the Chicken Little episode.
3: I read a great Kylox fanfic once where Kylo Ren is a porn star um and Oh my god. Hux, this is like It's like a series, and Hux brings Kylo home to his parents, lying about his job. And it turns out, like, it is revealed, and it turns out that, in fact, both of his parents were previously familiar with Kylo's work. Ah! And are like, good for you, son. Like, yeah, we have some of his tapes upstairs.
0: Oh, no. mm. No, Very funny. That's a little.
1: (laughs) You know what? I think if they said oh, yes, we we see that you have brought this man home. We know that he is a porn star. We don't want to put either of you on the spot. And then just sort of took those tapes and, like, you know, put them away and didn't watch them again. I think that's fine. I I think watching porn with your... that features your son's active partner is a little <laughs> weird.
3: Yes. <laughs> But I More feel than like, a little. I feel More like a having little.
1: watched porn <laughs> that your son's active boyfriend just happened to be in, much less weird.
3: Yeah, like, it's not like they were like, oh, you brought him home and we looked him up. It's like they were like, oh, wait, we know this young man. We're familiar. Okay, but I would immediately oh, pass so away. That's funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I would never be able from to this exist. Coil. Yes, yeah, that is um, you can't come back. What from that. happens
3: in his mind is great. It is a much better <laughs> comedic moment than this film. <laughs> and at least his father so is Katie, supportive.
1: Uh-huh. So Katie leaves, she gets a lot of she gets like flowers and stuff and comes back to apologize mm-hmm. to Lauren. For the thing that she has for the terrible thing that she has just done. And they have a big, deeply yes. contrived fight. And like this scene also reminds <laughs> me of Twilight. Uh, okay. Specifically the scene in the first movie where Bella, e- Bella needs to leave Forks, right? Because James yeah. is trying to kill her. I don't know why she needs to leave Forks. I don't know why they don't just like hole up in the Cullen's house and like wait for James, Laurent, and Victoria to attack and then kill them. Um, but they need Bella needs to leave Forks, and so she has to come up with the most hurtful things for her to possibly say to her dad. And she says, I don't want to get stuck here like mom did. And she is very intentionally finding the most hurtful things she can say to him in order to, like, get out of there. And this scene is very much the same. Katie and Lauren are particularly finding the most hurtful things they can say to each other in this moment because they don't want to do the difficult work of, like, repairing their friendship after this betrayal. They just want to, like you know, uh, each one wants to like, wants an excuse to leave the other's life. Um, and so, uh, like Katie calls Lauren a fake friend. Lauren says that Katie lied about, uh, like being sexually active, which seems like, seems wildly disproportionate. Uh, Lauren brings up the fact that she said, I love you. And Katie was too scared to say it back. And Katie says, I just don't love you. And Katie says, yeah, um, this scene is way too good for the movie that surrounds (laughs) it. Uh, and then for some reason in my notes, I say, Jesse dresses like me in the third grade and that's homophobic.
2: (laughs) The thing I have in my notes is not now, Jesse.
1: Yeah, because he walks in with bean dip. (laughs) <laughs> um And then everybody's sad.
2: hmm Katie's lost her mojo. Lauren is feeling ennui at her new job.
1: Uh and then we get uh And then Charlie's Yeah, here. this this whole fight happens eighteen minutes before the end of the movie. Um <laughs> And then they just pack a ton of conflict into, like, these these two final montages. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just one of many very bizarre and poorly paced aspects of this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, basically, Katie and Sean have sex for the first time because Katie thinks she can do this to avoid her emotions about Lauren. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren is on a date with Charlie because he's back from Italy and still in this movie. Um,
2: Charlie wants to get back together. He tells her this via telling her a story about a fling that he had with a Sicilian woman. And she's like, you're an asshole and
1: leaves. She very specifically, uh, he says, um, uh, you've been calling me all summer. Mm -hmm. And... Lauren says, I made a lot of calls this summer, Charlie. Uh, Which is genuinely my favorite line in the film. Like, it it feels really, like, appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this punchy one-liner, but it, like, works in the moment because it's, like, Lauren's real moment of triumph. And it feels very, I don't know, it feels very organic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, Katie has her first orgasm.
2: The thing that leads to this is very cute, again, because Katie is nervous about having sex for the first time, and Sean, to alleviate the tension, calls her on the phone, and the two of them just talk on the phone in the same room for a few minutes in order to calm down, and it's adorable and great, and Mm -hmm. Sean deserves the whole world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Sean is, like, genuinely such a good, like, romantic partner... And like genuinely just a good guy. Like, at one point mm-hmm. he's just straight up like, This is stupid. Like, you're very clearly unhappy. Mm-hmm. You're very clearly avoiding dealing with your feelings about Lauren. Mm-hmm. You should you need to call her. You need to like process mm-hmm. this. And then the entire time they're having sex, he's like, How how are you feeling? Are you are you doing good? Like, it's genuinely it's quite small. So- Mhm. Um
2: and then Katie has her first orgasm mm-hmm. on top of Sean and says, "I love mm-hmm. Lauren."
1: Yeah. She literally <laughs> she her her dialogue is like And then like, he
2: says, "I'm mm-hmm. inside you." Yeah.
1: Um there is no heterosexual explanation for this.
3: Mm-hmm. And then she no.
1: calls no. Lauren uh,
3: he's, right there we in We were that. watching and, this like and he hands sh- her specifically
1: the phone. Yeah, this is this is kind of my only <laughs> note about like the cinematography of this movie because it's generally very like boring but competent. Um there's like like
2: but the angles are wrong in The this. angles are
1: wrong. They're the we get like an over cuz right, Sean's laying down on the bed, Katie is atop him and we have like over the shoulder over Katie's shoulder looking at Sean and from like the side of the bed looking up at Katie um Mm -hmm. and when Katie says I love Lauren Sean reaches off screen no idea what he's doing and then he says then call her with the phone mostly obscured from view this is like like a uh, a common problem with this movie is that the like the cinematography is is just messy like mm-hmm. uh, there's this there's a, a scene earlier where uh, Lauren goes to like rip a coupon off of a flyer mm-hmm. but it just looks like she's ripping Katie's grocery list in half because we can't see the coupon <laughs> yeah it it's boring but then like katie and lauren finally get on the phone together and this entire phone call is sexual innuendo and i hate it yes like it is the worst part of the movie
2: This is when I showed this movie to Autumn for the first time last year, this is the scene that I wanted to get to because I thought it would make her very angry. And I thought that would be funny. And I was like,
0: right. <laughs> Okay. Everyone just wants to create <laughs> situations where I get angry, I guess. It's fine. We were also pretty Love sure you. drunk watching that. I, I mean okay. that's the yeah. best way to do Because I had such a different experience. <laughs> oh absolutely this is a movie that you should play a drinking game while watching and you will have a fantastic time because i had a great time um but then watching it sober and critically i was like well that's a bummer (laughs) So. so like
1: last last night uh i was like texting my boyfriend and i was like yeah we're watching this movie for the podcast tomorrow um if we were having, like, a haha drinky, bad movie night, I would invite you over, but, like, we're not, we're all just, like, gonna be sitting there taking notes, and uh, it's not gonna be any fun. And the the most fun I had last night was when we paused the movie to talk about pegging for ten minutes.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why, though? It became relevant. Back me up on something. What? (laughs) That Z doesn't believe is real. Okay. 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 Do you (laughs) remember
3: the comics panel where it's like Tony and he's been in bed with Gamora and there's a strap-on on on the floor next to them, clearly indicating that Tony Stark gets pegged?
0: Um, I don't explicitly remember that, but I do believe 100% that he gets pegged. Okay.
3: Great, thank you. Yeah. Like,
0: that's clear. That's so obvious I feel from everything like about him. Thank
3: you. Cool. I feel like Z, Z Howard doesn't understand
0: Tony, Stark, Tony Stark. Stark.
1: Thank you for being my friend.
0: <laughs> he gets pegged all the time.
1: Are yeah, you me? I think <laughs> there is an important distinction to make here between comics Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr.'s tony stark as portrayed in the marvel cinematic universe okay but that's what robert we're talking downey about jr.'s, mm. robert downey jr's tony stark as portrayed in the marvel cinematic universe has never so much as put a finger up his. that butt. is just
3: not true absolutely I re- wrong
1: i refuse <laughs> you're so to believe that Batman gets pegged
3: have you have you seen him interact <laughs> with pepper he gets Batman has been pegged
0: yeah i'm sorry you're so wrong yeah, yeah. Um, you've never been more wrong. Pepper Potts mm-hmm. is a top. We know yeah. this. Absolutely.
2: Whatever your other gripes about Tony Stark,
0: he definitely mm-hmm. gets paid. That's just um, like fact. There is no doubt in my mind.
1: I don't I don't think Tony Stark could relinquish control enough to get paid. Oh
3: my god, you do not understand Tony Stark at all, Z. Like, yeah. he is, um, oh my god, remember so when Hady he literally the and said head. he's the boss in Avengers 2?
4: Uh, Clearly
3: Why are we, we talking the... about everything but this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh get god. back to it. I'm so sorry, Z. We'll have this conversation later.
4: <laughs>
1: we'll yeah, just you on an episode of Shovel Ground, where we can talk about the canon lens and why tony stark is the worst character in the mcu
0: wow so many bad takes in a row um
1: so katie and lauren
0: are on the phone
1: and at some point during this conversation sean comes inside of katie Uh
2: (sighs) uh-huh We know this because uh, she talks about semen during their Mm
1: -hmm. heartfelt Literally the last... I think it's literally the last line in the movie. Mm
5: -hmm. Katie
1: says, I've learned so much about sex. Did you know that all their stuff just rushes out of you once they finish? I have Mm -hmm. some running down my leg right Mm -hmm. now. Which is bizarre. Because what
2: happens is... Lauren is running down the street and they're on the phone and the two of them are talking and they're like, and Lauren's like, I'm coming home. I'm coming to you. And it's like a bunch of sexual innuendo. And then... Uh, Katie's like, "You're coming right now!" and like, I it, like leaps mm-hmm. off of Sean and runs down the stairs. She's like, has been mm-hmm. wearing this like little mini dress and like runs down the stairs to their stoop and they have this little hug that and like a forehead bump of love that could it's definitely really just the old, the be. Really, the only the way, it way it just makes sense. sense is for it
3: to be a
0: kiss. Hmm. Yeah, there's no other way mm-hmm. to interpret everything happening.
2: The in the better version of this movie. The the three of them mm-hmm. are just a thruple now. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Katie. This is my girlfriend Lauren and my no.
1: Hi, my name is Sean. Name... This is my girlfriend Katie and her girlfriend Lauren. Yes. Yeah. Um. It, and and like I think I think it is entirely mm. reasonable to read Sean as a hundred percent down for this. Mm-hmm. He yes. is so supportive at mm-hmm. every turn mm-hmm. um,
2: He supports his girlfriend's sex work business He supports his girlfriend's friendships He would absolutely support his girlfriend's mm-hmm. other romance
1: That apartment is big enough for the three of them
2: One It's got that big long hallway
1: It's got that, that big long hallway that everybody mentions for the first time When they walk in Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like we maybe kind of glossed over the like queer reading of this, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) because like the movie just like the movie is, you know, I, I, I think like the more I think about it, the movie is right. Obviously very intentionally playing with these, these tropes, like Autumn said, but it's doing them in such an uninteresting way that i don't want to read these women as queer like i don't i don't want to read these women as like falling in romantic love because it's just like a worse movie that way
0: interesting Hard disagree, I but you know. Like this you're movie. You're allowed to have bad opinions as we How did you just with the say Tony you stalking. like this movie. I like this Good movie. Good for you, howie Speak Howl? your troll. You know? How?
1: How wait, do you wait. like this movie? I don't hate it See? either. See,
0: Autumn, I told you, I told you. No, I'm you. defending you. Let me defend you. I don't hate it either. I'm going to be, like, the second time watching it, yes, hated that they, this movie hates lesbians for some reason and also that it doesn't think bisexual mm-hmm. people exist. Like, mm-hmm. just, just let them exist. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if you don't think about it too hard and if you're a little intoxicated, I think it's fun. <laughs> and you're being a little horribly critical of the romance between Lauren and Katie. I like their romance. I think it's fine. Last night
2: we were watching this movie and every 5 seconds the people in the room would be like a flaw. A flaw. I mean, yes. A thing I don't like about this movie. And then I texted Autumn and was like they can never know that I like this movie. <laughs> and I
0: said it creates a good discourse to admit your truth and I'm correct. How, um, but
1: how? it can have What do you, flaws like, and you like about it? it? Yeah. Don't like it. Like,
0: what is you're what are,
3: get me.
1: like, make the, make the case or for Or just, this like, movie.
3: make the case for why you personally I... like it without having to argue that it's a good movie.
2: I like the concept behind it. I like Lauren and Katie as a couple. I like Sean and Katie as a couple. I think that the ending is very funny. Um, and I find it enjoyable
0: and I like showing it to people because they get mad. Yeah, I like Lauren and Katie's. Agree. A couple. I think it's
1: fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Sean ruins it. I really don't like Sean. I know I'm the only one I'm, here. I who love has, Sean. I don't think the movie does a good job. He's literally my favorite character. Oh, uh, Yeah, I think that's just because God, he doesn't no. have
3: a much of a personality to be like actively offensive and irritating like every other character.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's boring. The because movie doesn't Sean care enough to give him a personality. As...
1: Sean is written as the girlfriend who b- drives the male main character's character growth. Like, that's and why he's... they're not
0: interesting characters.
1: Yeah, that's why he's so <laughs> inoffensively like, fine, which makes him uninteresting and therefore bad from, like, a story perspective, but likable in a movie full of otherwise terrible mm. people.
0: I'm offended by how boring mm-hmm. he is. And the the movie doesn't even want me to like him either. I don't think. Um which makes it worse. simply
1: have to watch uncanny. He is oh God. he is the, the there is nothing boring about uncanny. Okay.
0: <laughs> but all, uh, all it does is give Katie a place to put all these like I mean Arguably, Katie and Lauren do also have a sexual relationship through the phone line thing. But it just allows Katie to have a more explicitly sexual relationship with someone that is not Lauren. But all the romance is on Lauren. Like, Sean does not get that, in my opinion.
1: Hmm. I, I, I think the thing that we're the sort of synthesis that we're driving towards here is that this is a great bad movie this is a movie to watch with your friends when you're all drunk mm-hmm. and you're like have it like being goofy if you are assessing mm-hmm. it critically and like seriously it 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 earns its six out of ten on imdb
4: <laughs> like
1: <laughs> i i would have vastly preferred like a uh, uh, like Netflix anthology mini series where it's like <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> uh, where, where it's just like you know five or six like 20 to 30 minute episodes where it's like we have one episode where like uh, a phone sex operator and her one of her regular customers like develop a relationship we have one 20 minute episode where Uh, two roommates who hate each other come to appreciate each other and then fall in love. We have one, like, 20-minute episode where two women start a phone sex line together. Like, if if you just broke this movie up into all of its constituent parts and gave them to me one short film at a time, I think I would really Mm -hmm. like it. But, like, Mm -hmm. watching it seriously, critically, and, like, you know genuinely reflecting on it i think it i i, I didn't care for mm. it
0: well this movie was I not meant have... to be watched seriously i mean it was it was meant to be watched but that's what
2: the podcast <laughs> <is> <laughs> no about. i know but i'm
0: saying the intent in making <laughs> it was not for people to watch it seriously i don't think mm-hmm. that's another good candidate for like a little sticker
2: Just like
1: warning, this was not. Oh, I was thinking like warning. This is this is not meant to be watched seriously. I also slap it on the DVDs of your bad movies.
0: Yeah, that's also great.
1: But I I don't know. I also kind of want to push back on that idea because I do think like reading the way that Katie Ann Naylor and Lauren Miller Rogan talk about this movie. They do genuinely think that they're telling, telling like, a a meaningful, thoughtful movie about female friendship. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, discounting the possibility of a serious analysis, like, kind of undercuts their intent with the movie. Like, they really think they're doing something, and they're not.
0: Well, without that context, just going into it, I never got the impression. The movie does not give you the impression that you should be taking it extremely seriously. But, like, it doesn't... I think part of that's just because it's a comedy, Mm -hmm. too. But I don't think that it,
3: like, succeeds as, like, a this is just a comedy, don't take anything seriously. Like, if that's how you're actually supposed to go into it, then, like... Like, I don't know, like, I think it, like, like, it wants to have too much of an emotional core for it to pull that off.
0: Because it, even, yeah, like, if, if, the serious okay. beats they make jokes about and, like, dismiss and they, like, move away from them really quickly. And part of that's the weird pacing and the short run time. But also part of it is I just assumed that they didn't want it to be too heavy.
1: But then in the big climactic fight where they're yelling at each other, like they're not making mm-hmm. any jokes. That that movie mm-hmm. is tonal that scene is totally so serious and so like right over the plate that it's like 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 I can't read this scene as a comedy mm-hmm. because they're not even playing up the fact that they're like surrounded by like streamers made out of panties and enormous dildos that give roger ebert like insecurities
0: (laughs) yeah that's true that yeah that's a good point well if they had committed more to that tone from the fight scene elsewhere in the movie then um i would change my my thoughts but most i mean even when like they you know Katie's realizing she does in fact love Lauren it's a joke because she's like having sex with someone else and you know Sean's like but I'm inside you and just like undercutting the whole thing you know
1: which is such a weird thing for Sean to say as someone who has been like so supportive and on board the entire time
2: yes I think he's just like dumbstruck yeah it (laughs) because like we were watching this movie we were watching this movie, and she says that. And then Maddie says, he's inside you. And then Sean says, I'm inside you. Yeah. I was just a, like, can we not talk about mm. another person right now?
1: What a film.
0: It sure is. <laughs> Which also makes me not want to care about their relationship. She literally cannot, like, seriously devote her attention and, like, uh... Just emotional anything for Sean even in this moment when she should be feeling some type of way about him yeah that's
1: that's the other thing like
0: she says she
2: says she's like getting off of him and like going to meet Lauren and says I love you to Lauren and then says I love you to Sean she says I think I love you kisses him yes
0: and then kisses him and then goes but I did not believe that she actually did love him
1: yes why not? I think I think she never made you me think that she you find did. a partner I think if you find a partner who is willing to have sex with you such that you can realize that you are in love with your best friend and then seems totally cool with the thruple that develops from that. I think you found mm-hmm. a keeper.
0: I'm not saying Sean's a bad partner. Quite the opposite. I'm saying I this movie did not let me believe that Katie cared about Sean the same way Sean cared about her.
1: I think I uh, yeah, I mean I that's a a totally fair reading because again, Sean is intentionally written as like half a character. Uh but yeah, I uh, she can't think about I him
0: mean, for a second? After having sex, just just a moment, come on.
1: I, for for various personal reasons, I am foregoing alcohol this month, right? Uh, so I uh. have been at this point, uh, you know, twenty three days without a drink, with the exception of I did try some of that mead, uh, that Hal brought over last night. Uh, it was fancy. It was fancy, and. I think that has that has made it much more difficult for me <laughs> to enjoy this movie. <laughs> August 1st, I'll get smashed, and we'll watch this again.
2: Will we? <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> we could watch a different bad movie.
3: We could watch the one with Anna Kendrick. I still have
2: to inflict Judas kiss on you guys.
3: Did you inflict the overnight?
0: Autumn, do you
2: think that I should make them...
1: Oh, yes. we have We have watched The Overnight
0: Okay, that's mm-hmm. good That's an important one to watch
2: Should I make them watch Judas Kiss?
0: Well, how drunk will you be? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys want to watch a bad time
0: travel movie? Maybe
1: No such thing as a bad time that travel movie That one
0: haunts me in a Ooh. bad way <laughs>
1: Oh, no. I do not want to see this movie at all. Oh, wait. Say more. (laughs) The The film, Okay. Uh, Judas Kiss is a 2011 U.S. drama film directed by... Okay, it just Mm -hmm. goes through all the uh, principal Mm -hmm. creatives. The film is the story of a disillusioned filmmaker's visit to his peculiar alma mater where he is trapped in a tug-of-war between his tortured past and a troubling Mm -hmm. future.
2: I do not want to
1: watch a movie about filmmakers in no, 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 the same no, no. You have
2: to way you understand that his his tortured past and his troubled future are literalized they are physically present you know what Fine.
1: I you have do to understand not want to watch a movie about filmmakers in the same way that i never <laughs> ever ever want to read a story about a writer
0: but see don't you want to I see l- a man who hook- what? <laughs> oh the why would you spoil <laughs>
1: It, I, no.
2: Autumn, I'm going to fight you in real life. <laughs> Wait. Autumn, uh, like... <laughs> Autumn I'm going to drive down to Pennsylvania and I'm going to smear butter on every doorknob in your house. <laughs> uh, worth it. Ah. <laughs>
0: uh.
2: I'm going to put spray cheese inside your pillowcase.
0: Listen, didn't sound like they wanted to see it. So I just had to, you know, make it as appealing as possible.
2: The last thing that I (laughs) want to talk about with this movie is uh, the big mezuzah that Katie has in her kitchen. And I wrote it down every time it was in the background of a scene. Mm. And it was delightful.
1: Yeah. She like uh, (laughs) both of these women are Jewish. It comes up when Chrissy is trying to evangelize.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are we dead? Do we have any other final thoughts? Um,
1: I feel like... Oh, go ahead.
0: I was I just wanted to mention the uh, lesbian inmate near the end yeah! of the
4: movie. <laughs> Yeah Yeah <laughs> the, the lesbian, lesbian inmate, inmate.
0: <laughs> Just like briefly touch on that as just the, the pinnacle of the hatred of lesbians in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. first of all don't make a dildo out of soap. Yes. Yeah. Oh
0: my God. Don't don't
1: make a dildo out of soap. Don't use soap as Mm -hmm. lube. Honestly, like wash your ass, but don't get too Mm -hmm. aggressive with it. Like Mm -hmm. that is a sensitive Mm -hmm. mucus membrane.
4: (laughs) Uh,
1: And then the, the other thing, uh, Laura, like or Katie, they're doing phone sex and Katie's like, I'll lick your pussy. And the lesbian inmate, which is, how she's credited. No, she's not credited uh, mm. at all. Um, no, she's weird. She has a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, She has a whole scene. But uh, mm. Yeah. Katie says, I'll lick your pussy, and she says, nah, you don't want to do that. We don't get razors in here. And I said, coward.
0: <laughs> yeah, same. Mm-hmm. That's the only appropriate response to mm-hmm. that
1: one. I'm glad after all of our disagreements about like the value of sean as a character the relationship between lauren and katie tony stark (laughs) sam winchester we can come together over the fact that if you aren't willing to eat unshaved pussy you're a coward i'm glad that's that's where we've come that's where we've come to common ground You can find the show. <laughs> that is underscore it, gay on Twitter. Keep going, keep going. Z, you're on the internet. I am on the internet. Uh, I am at futons in bulk uh, on everything. Um, I uh, run the social media for Passages North, uh, and I am a reader for Alien Literary Magazine.
2: Maddie not on the internet.
3: Not at all.
1: Maddie famously, you. on her first appearance on the podcast, said, uh, you, uh, Hal, I think you said, uh, where can people find you on the internet? And Maddie said, they can't.
3: <laughs> what a power <laughs> move. Love I that. just think that people are entitled to not look at each other on the internet. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, you might it's have to leave day. the plug.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Autumn is on the internet
0: uh yes i lurk on twitter at autumnal underscore season
2: you can find a thing that i wrote uh on flying ketchup press about a jazz bar in the apocalypse yeah uh that's all for us thank you so much for listening (laughs) see you next time stay gay bye
1: bye as it should be (laughs) don't be a coward (laughs) uh, <laughs> I